I really appreciate when folks come through here and they're really into the beer. We can talk. They're really into the bikes. But when they're from somewhere else and they're excited about stuff, it brings, reminds of me about a lot of the things that we did from the beginning, why we did this, why we keep doing this. So always <laughs> keep them in mind. Always try to make sure, you know, that the memories for them aren't going to be the brewery took my dad, but instead the brewery made gave us a place that, that will have these fun things to remember. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Just start. Just start. Okay. Yeah, that's the advice that everybody says. If you have a great idea and you don't know where to start, just start. All right, well, let's start. We talked with Brian Vance of Catalina Brewing Company, and the reason we wanted to Perfect talk... Perfect start. And the reason we wanted to talk with Catalina <laughs> Brewing Company is because it's all about bikes and beer. Yeah, even if we did discover it a little later than what would have been a perfect. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I mean by that we were around Tucson for like with a some month. friends for like, a, yeah, we were around a bunch of our friends. A bunch of you are probably listening to this right now. And riding our bikes and going to breweries. And somehow. We missed. Somehow Catalina didn't pop up immediately on our radar. Until April and I were really sad because everybody was gone. Everybody had just left. The last person had just left. We went out for a mountain bike ride. And we're like, you know what? There's got to be a brewery around here somewhere. And we found Catalina. Which? Not far from where we had just biked. Their slogan is, uh, we bike, we brew. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you walk in, it's all about... Bike, like bikes, like mountain bikes. Uh, they have like a mountain bike over the top of their bar with a little trailer. And their flight board had the handle on their flight board was a was the crank arm from a yeah. from a bicycle. The crank on your you know where your pedals are. It was a cool stuff. flight. Uh, uh, actually, while we were there, we did end up drinking this is great. all the beers because we. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is the first visit that we went. So we went for the first time when we were sad after our friends left. And we were like, oh, everybody should be here. And they weren't, which actually turned out to be a good thing because then we had conversations with the assistant brewer and we had conversations with a couple of the beer tenders and they were all quite awesome. And if we would have gone with all of our friends, which we still will go with all of our friends, but if we would have gone with all of our friends that time, we still, we wouldn't have made that connection with the people yeah, behind the might bar. Not, yeah, we might not have had such a deep conversation with those guys. Yeah. Because we'd be focusing on our friends, you guys. Yeah. But, yeah, and the owner showed up and his wife, and they talked just briefly. They were in just in and out, but just enough so that we could set up this, um, podcast, this with Brian. podcast with Brian, who is the owner. And But this place was just so cool. Because, like, all the bike stuff they have going on, there's bike jerseys on the wall. There's parts of bikes on the wall. And they have a shower. But we talked about that in the podcast. Let's, let's just, know, let's just explain it, okay, that in the podcast. I'll... <laughs> Why yes. showers so what? They have a shower? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in the podcast. I think Sorry. I, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. I wanted to keep talking about it. Well, I think what we should talk about more <laughs> here in the intro before we get um, into the interview with Brian, um, which Brian talks a lot about um, more of the joys and trials and tribulations of trying to run a brewery 
work full time, a family, and find time to mountain bike. So it's you can learn some lessons from him, I think, too. And then all the difficulties of that being magnified during COVID, you know, COVID yeah. which is a struggle for everybody. But, but I think we should talk or mention at least because we did mention um, some of the trails in Tucson. But we didn't talk about all the trails in Tucson. And so very briefly, I think we should talk about some of the trails that we rode in Tucson. It's hard to talk about all the trails in Tucson because there's a lot lot of trails in and around Tucson. So Mount Lemmon is one of the top ones, but we didn't ride Mount Lemmon because that's generally, I mean, for like a lot of advanced bikers. And we're not advanced. Plus it snowed while we were here and Mount Lemmon was covered in snow. No bueno for biking. No. So we stuck. (laughs) Not for us anyway. Sweetwater Preserve was a pretty cool one. Sweetwater was very cool. Um, not overly technical anywhere that I recall, um, but really nice and flowy. Lots of loops and stuff around yeah. there. And so it was really easy to find your way around. And whether you were a little more beginner or a little more intermediate and advanced intermediate, there is a lot of ways to make that fun. It is. And I'm, you're also less likely to run into a cactus i mean there's cacti (laughs) but you're less likely to run into one right off of the trail at sweetwater but also though that is probably one of the most populated trail systems that we had seen the whole time we had been here yeah and there were a lot of hikers and bikers out there sharing the trails although the hikers kind of tend to stay a lot closer to the trailhead area they don't go out as far mostly i think that's one of the most well-known mountain biking areas in tucson is sweetwater preserve so yeah, it was, that it was one fun. was talked about a lot by yeah. a lot of people. But um, there was also Enchanted Hills, which is just southwest of Tucson. And that's where you could get a little bit technical with the rocks. Rocks are everywhere in Tucson trails. Rocks, rocks, rocks. And cactus just everywhere. So like right on the edge of the trail. So one wrong move and you fall. Uh, I think you just hit your rite of passage with riding in Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> Cacti in the face. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of great stuff around yeah. there, though. I yeah. Mean, and then Tucson Mountain Park, too, is right around there, too. And that's just a really fun, flowy, not a lot of technical, but just gorgeous rides. There's some technical, some black trails. Yeah, there were a few black trails in there, but nothing nothing too nutso. Yeah, and I did. we did a bike in bits from Tucson Mountain Park, so that'll be in the show notes. Um, that was a kind of a fun trail, though. Mm-hmm. And then um, Honeybee Canyon. That was another fun one that... Although it's laid out much different than Sweetwater, uh, I would say like the the ability level is pretty similar. Like you could you could be a proficient beginner and, yeah. or going into There's... intermediate and or a solid intermediate and really make some fun stuff out of that. <sighs> and even advanced, of course, you can. If you're really advanced, you can turn a mountain, any, almost any mountain bike trail into something fun. But. Probably, yeah. But Honeybee Canyon, too, is that's, I remember correctly, was that the wash where they had all the washes? It's where we saw the javelinas. Yeah, so it had all these washes that you have to go through. So just be prepared to feel like you're riding on a beach a little bit because some of those washes can be quite sandy. So you'd have to get mm-hmm. a little bit of that knowledge of that. And then, yes, we saw the javelinas at the end of the trail, which was kind of cool. <laughs> that was kind of cool. If you don't know what javelinas are, they're kind of like wild pigs that, Basically, act like they act like raccoons in a way because they get into stuff in the dark and they're just kind of obnoxious and you'll rarely see them. They just make they're just obnoxious, but Mm -hmm. they're kind of cool to see. It was kind of cool to see them. And then Tortolitas, I think, was the trail system that was just right outside of Oro Valley. That was the one with the gigantic, huge mongo, bigger than life saguaro, saguaro cactus. It was crazy, but again, those trails weren't super technical either. But 
most of the trails around the Tucson area have just beware of the cactus. They're gorgeous, but oh my gosh, they will like bite you if you let them. Yeah, and just as you avoid one cactus on the right, you skim the cactus on the left. Yeah. Uh, just ask our good friend Brian who did that and who was a guest on one of our biking bits. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he was the guest on the Tucson Mountain Park biking bits. That's right. Yeah, it was on the one. Tucson Mountain Park. Yeah, listen to that one. But anyhow, there's a few more trails that we didn't hit up. So um, oh, yeah. we're a big fan there's of Trail Forks. So hit up Trail Forks for all those. Yeah, we hit as many, uh, well, not as many as we could, but we hit a ton and still had a bunch left. So yeah, just there are breweries, there are bike trails, and if you like those two things, Tucson is a gold mine. And if you like warm weather in the wintertime. Ooh, it's just beyond a gold mine. It's so good. Yeah, um, we kind of fared better than people in Texas this time. Sorry, Texans. Oh, it was... uh, we fared better than most of the... 90% of the United States was in a deep yeah. freeze while we've been in Arizona. and it's Luckily, been... we here we haven't really got clipped by much of it. Yeah. Just maybe a little... Few chilly nights, but nothing crazy. So speaking of mountain biking, though, um, be sure to check back to our website quite often because I have a lot of mountain biking things to put up. Um, I'll be writing an article about Tucson mountain biking. I still have to write an article about Bend, Oregon mountain biking. Like I have so much video. So check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to that because there'll be a lot of biking videos coming up. A um, lot of footage that I have to edit. So I'll be busy. <laughs> also, if you like beer and you like biking and you like buddies as in friends biking with friends um in a way this episode i suppose you can kind of say is kind of sponsored by can i say it can i say it, can I say it? what what's it what do you want to say camp carpe diem <laughs> to learn more about camp carpe diem <laughs> no you have to go to um the craft beer and mountain biking pairing article so it's craft beer and mountain biking pairing 101 and it will give you some mountain biking tips if you're like an intermediate and just want to ride a little bit better. And it will give you some how to drink some beer tips so you don't like fall flat on your face on the cactus because you drank too much before the ride. And it will give you some tips on how to sign up for our get together in Ure in the fall of Colorado to do some mountain biking with friends. And that's Camp Carpe Diem. So check that out. I was supposed to do that at the end. Here's Brian. <laughs> so we're here with Brian Vance of um, Catalina Brewing Company. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're excited because this brewery is based off of um, mountain biking or just any kind of biking and beer. And what is what was the, the slogan that you read? I love it. The oh, like bike fuel. We, we bike, we brew. We bike, we, we, bike, brew, we brew. And bike, uh, yeah, handcrafted bike fuel. Yeah, I love that. Handcrafted bike fuel is what you meant. <laughs> right. Instead and no, of that's not beer. like oil or little things that go on the bike. It's called beer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we, the We Bike We Brew is something we, you know, my partner came up with just some some camping or outing we were doing. But the handcrafted bike fuel our artist came up with, you know, did our Crowler label. I like it. Put it on there. So, and it stuck. It was like, that's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I can see it right away because we love the same things. We love to bike. We love to drink yeah. good beer. And I have to say, <laughs> it doesn't, wait, I have to say this real quick because it doesn't matter where we record a podcast, whether it's in our RV and it's really quiet, or whether it's in a brewery, or whether it's in wherever we happen to be, there's always a cooler that comes on oh, when we're recording. Oh, yeah. No, oh, it's, it's, it's funny. It <laughs> never fails. Yeah, in our RV, it's it's the, the, the system for our refrigerator kicks on mid-podcast every time. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyhow, this is all about real life. We're actually in a working brewery having a beer, so it's all good. <laughs> um, t- maybe tell us about like a brief history of your story, how you 
kind of the brewery around Viking. Um, oh, Tucson, Tucson, way back when, 10 years ago, had three primary breweries. <clears throat> Before that, it had one or two maybe, but it had three kind of for a long time. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> sort of in the beginning, or in, in that period of time, I was, you know, mountain biking a lot, you know, hanging out with people, <clears throat> including a big event we do out here called the 24-hour race. It's um, the biggest 24-hour race in the country, big mountain biking thing where you race for 24 hours as most laps in your category wins. But really, honestly, it's kind of become a big party. Like 5,000 people <laughs> right. show up, 1,000 people race, 1,500 people race, and the rest of us are all just out there to hang out and have a good time. <clears throat> so it's a good time. So absolutely, if you've never done one of those, you need to try to get come out to either this one or something, one somewhere. A lot of fun. Sitting around the campfire with people, and my partner, Hank, was a home brewer. And back in the day, again, three breweries, mostly white beers, you know, these things, those things. Very, very few things called IPAs. <clears throat> so he made an IPA and he brought it to this camp. And we're sitting around, I go, this is an amazing beer. And he told me what it was, and I go, this is amazing. And then he told me that his dream was to do was to open a brewery. And he said, but I need a business partner. And he goes, you want to be my business partner? I go, sure. <laughs> well, so, so like that. that was at 2 in the morning. We had gone <laughs> quite, to quite a few of the IPAs. After how many beers? <laughs> right. And a little bit of sleep deprivation, I'm sure, yeah. after riding your mountain bike off. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> during that event, you're there, we're there for like four or five days, you only ride one day. So the rest of it is just camping and drinking yeah. and hanging out. Um, so that was prior to the race. But that was two in the morning. That beer is still a recipe we kept from, from the beginning. And we named it 0200, you know, military time for two in the morning. So that's a neat, neat story. The beer is great. We have another version called 0230 now, which is a stepped up version that's even but you just had it earlier, right? Yeah, I had yeah. that today. Yeah. Oh, is it is it on? Oh, yeah, man. it's on the it's on the board now. You need to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> come, come look at a beer. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I'll just text the bartender. <laughs> the joy of technology. Yeah. Anyway. And of owning a brewery. And of owning a brewery, totally. You could just text your bartender and say, hey, bring me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing is, it took... <coughs> pardon the cough. But that was... He, my, the, he, he was a teacher, so he wanted to finish teaching and get his retirement. Your so, partner was a teacher? Yeah. Okay. So we also have a teacher contingent here. Um, he was a teacher. My wife's a teacher. Two or three of our investors are teachers. Um, no, yeah, so he's a teacher. So he had yeah. right. So he was retired. He wanted to, to get retired a lot. So we, we did a little planning and layout while he was working once he was able to time it so that once he was able to, because we needed him full time here for brewing. Um, the unfortunate part was while we did that time during that time <coughs> to someone from three breweries to like 12 like that people started opening yeah. breweries like that what time period yeah there's it? quite a few right now yeah what time um, period was around this six years ago seven years okay. ago right when everything started you know everywhere a little bit you know tucson's a little always a little bit a little bit behind california and, and phoenix but we were you know so we were kind of growing right back right behind that um so now there's 20 you know, but after we opened, I think we were the 12th, something like that. Um, so it was still a booming thing. <clears throat> there was a lot of excitement around it. <clears throat> we advertised ourselves, we promoted ourselves for years while he was working. When we opened, <clears throat> we had a line out the door all night. For nice. Eight hours. 
And that lot, we had people at the door waiting for us to open every day for th at least three months, maybe more. So we had such a big buzz behind us. So it was really cool. Um, and then, you know, now going from 12 breweries to 20 or so, whenever someone opens or talks about it, it's kind of like, oh, there's another brewery versus like big excitement. Yeah. But there's still room. There's not a, we're not at a limit here in Tucson, but, but, um, and most of your breweries here are kind of in a good chunk of them are in one basic area. Yeah. In, uh, in the, like, I guess it would be the downtown area. Down, down downtown has most of them. There's some down industrial area down, um, like middle town. And um, you're a little bit north here, which is actually technically Marana, right? Correct. Is the, is the, yeah, we, we area you call it. <coughs> Hank lived in my part of Hank lived in, um, Catalina, the town, mm -hmm. and we have Catalina Mountains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we want we name Catalina's a pretty name, you know. So let's go with that. And we were thinking about going to Catalina, but there's nothing really zoned right. Small town. So that between there and here is Oro Valley. Nothing zoned there. And we didn't want to be downtown with everybody else. So we were the first real craft beer that you could get in Rand. That was the other thing people were excited about because you had to go downtown for craft beer. There wasn't a lot here. <clears throat> Since then, of course, there's um, another brewery down the road, and there's a bunch of tap houses. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of tap houses, a bunch of restaurants. One of the guys that owned, owns one of them was here when I got here. Yeah. He hangs out here a lot. He's, our beer's on tap at his place. We go there for food. He comes here for a beer. We're a small community here, but it's, it's pretty tight. Thank you, sir. It's a pretty tight community here, um, beer-wise. Tucson, all the, bre all the breweries get along really well. All tap houses help each other out. That's one thing I love about everybody that we've talked to and we've been doing this for a little while and then traveling around just different breweries for almost three years now and that's this common thread with almost every single place you go with breweries that's and good. the industry it's like i don't know there's just there's competition yes but it's also this like collaborative it very much so is no like the brewery down the street here from us button there <coughs> they opened about two years later than we did but we knew them during that two years while they were building out searching and their plan was to be in this town too and they ended up pretty much the same complex because it's kind of in, you know we did you know finding a place we probably hear this from other breweries one of the biggest challenges is finding a location yeah so it took us a long time and they realized yeah this was the best location in town for here so we're very um we, we uh complement each other you know they have a great big system the guys a highly trained brewer knows what he's doing and you know and they focus on the beer mm -hmm. I feel like we have good beer but we kind of focused on the environment you know we have a game room and a wine corner and a stage for music and you know try to make an environment like stuff everywhere you know, yeah so and I'm kind of skipping beer. around a little bit we've had all the beer when we first came in here when we first found this place both of us were kicking ourselves because we were just spending some time with friends who also love to mountain bike and they literally all just left to go off oh. to other places the day before. Too bad. So we get here and we get like the, the crank, the flight uh -huh. with like the cranks. And we like literally were like, all right, just give us all the beers <laughs> on the flight. Yeah. And they're all very good. Yeah. But we're seriously. We didn't know the story of your brewery until yeah. we got How did here. we miss this brewery? <laughs> and we're yeah. like, oh my God. Because a good portion of the people we were hanging out with were all riding with us too. We, yeah. We've been riding the different trails around here. and. On our mountain bikes, That's cool. and so we're like, "Oh man, we really screwed." <laughs> we're supposed to be beer experts in there, and we're all like, "Man, we like yeah, really we're, failed you guys." <laughs> a little hidden, you know, a little hidden. But yeah, so during that five years of time, a lot of time to 
think, brainstorm, market, <coughs> the whole bike, you know, theme was easy because we're all around bikers and all of us hanging out as mountain bikers. And, and it was like, well, there's no bike theme brewery in Tucson. I mean, there's one in Portland, there's one everywhere else, but there's not one here. So let's do that. So we just, over time, little by little, hey, you know, we just, just kept building it, building it, growing it. You know, we have bikes here. That bike signed by Gary Fisher. He was here. He came in. Really? Sign it. Yeah. Gary Fisher. Yeah. Wow. We've had, you know, our bars full of memorabilia from all our friends and people. Yeah. You know, it's poured into the resin. So that's where all that came from. Yeah, we spent we spent that years asking people for stuff that meant something to them. You know, signed it and everything. And that's all cool. the artwork on the walls. Did that come from oh, yeah. different artists and people you know? Local artists. Local friends, artists that are friends. Some is for sale, some is for just show. Um, yeah, and framed jerseys from friends of ours. There's a, some pros, a few pro riders that live in Tucson. Um, Krista Park, um, Kit Plummer, Todd Wells. They're all oh, wow. the pros. Todd Wells. Todd Wells has got some Todd stuff Wells, in the bar. Yeah. That's a name. That's a big name. In, in yeah. yeah. I haven't seen him in a while, but you know, he's helped us with some stuff here. You know, one of my favorite things that we found out when we were first here the other day is that you have a shower. Mm -hmm. So if people come by, I mean, probably a cool thing for most people is if you ride in on your bike, you get a, like a dollar off, I think, right. the first four or something. Here, yeah. But to me, the shower was the coolest thing because it's like, you know, you're out riding, you get all sweaty and stuff and you want to go grab a beer and you're like, right. okay, I'm just going to go in and be sweaty and stinky. And not, yeah. No, you got a shower that people can come in and use. Right. So the shower is mostly for, it was for the brewer. He's here brewing all day long, and then he's yeah. got to run downtown to, to take care of something, right? So go to do something with the family. So he lives the opposite direction versus the other way. So he's like, hey, I want to shower after I'm working all day. <laughs> and then also, when we go for rides, we'll go for rides before we open. Come back, jump in the shower, open, you know, be ready to go. That's nice. Um, but yeah, there are people... We advertise it as, you know, say you're going for a shower, you're going for a ride, and then you're going to head to Phoenix. You want to have a beer first, you know, come on in, take a shower, have some beers, and head out. There's been a few people who have done done that, taking advantage. But I'm going like to say, a, as a full-time RVer who lives in a very small RV, when the gyms are kind of closed and weird mm -hmm. now, that, you know what, if I'm riding a bike to come into this brewery and there's a shower available, yeah. I might just take you up on that <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, because our, our shower in our RV has been turned into the beer fridge. So. <laughs> <laughs> literally have to be a fridge. Many priorities. They've been drinking enough beer, you can't smell each other anyways. Right? <laughs> True that. Yes. <laughs> that or not hanging out in Tucson middle of summer. Yeah, right. Yeah, you should. <laughs> No, I actually used to live here um, in high school. Oh, okay. um, God, that's been like over 30 years ago, but yeah. So yeah. I remember. I like it. It's a great place. Yeah, Mount Lemon, 9,000 foot mountain here in the middle, takes care of all that. You know, you go up in the summer and, and it's awesome. Yeah. How hot does it get here in Tucson when, like, summertime? Is it? Um, I mean, in the peak, peak of the summer when it's really hot, <coughs> hottest it'll get is like 115. But typically, 110 to 115 is, is that's that's the hot. But the biggest issue, the biggest issue is during the monsoons, when it's 105, and then rainy slash humid. So then you don't get the relief, you know. Because here, honestly, 100 to 105 is not hot at all. It's actually almost. It's a dry. Well, it's, you lose you lose so much temperature at night. So it'll be 100 yeah. in the day, and it's 75, 70 at night. 
Oh, so absolutely. It's 30, 40 degrees. Easy. So 100 degrees almost cold because at night it's, you know, perfect. And then 105 is when it's warm. 110 is hot. 115 is really hot. So wait, how long have you lived here? 85. That's why. <laughs> you do get used to it. You do. You totally get used yeah. to it. I mean, when at, I was, at what point do your tires on your bike melt? Never. Never. <laughs> Not that hot. No. no. Okay. So, speaking of bikes, tell us hey, more so about your love of biking. A friend of mine turned me on to mountain biking proper back in the early 90s. You know, back when a good bike was $600 and there's no such thing as suspension. And now it's $6,000. Yeah. So, you know, and I remember I had a $600 bike and then I got a $1,200 bike and somebody sold, put a two-inch fork on it. And I was like, this changes everything. Yeah. But, you know, the trails back there were just wildcat trails or jeep trails. Um, just over time. But, you know, I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I'm riding bigger, harder, more extreme stuff and half of it is just getting you know getting half of it is trail design half of it is um just getting better half of it is the technology of the, of the equipment of course so that's been really cool it's been a very cool thing to start with something starting a sport way back then and just go through the whole progression um but so it's been exciting it's kept it new there's an amazing amount of trails here in tucson some of the most incredible Trails Mount Lemon in the state. There's one of them, there's one trail here <coughs> out in you know 50, upper 50 and in, in, uh, Catalina is my favorite trail anywhere. And I back to your question. I've ridden in a lot of places for work, my day job. I traveled. I used to travel a lot, all over the country, world to some extent. And I would try to ride in all the cool places. Mm -hmm. I've ridden in Pisgah, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. You know, several times I've ridden, you know, some great trails up in Seattle. Um, uh, a lot of uh, the downhill mountain bike parks around. Um, almost anywhere I could probably say I've tried to ride something except Whistler. I haven't done that yet. That's on my list. You know, but yeah, so I've ridden in a lot, a lot of places. And I still will always say that I like Tucson. There's places I, I would love to I would be okay living and riding all the time, but I haven't found anything I like better than Tucson. What's your favorite trail area, favorite trails around Tucson area? 50 year Mount Lemmon. Okay. You know, there's just so much, they're amazing. Mount Lemmon is so technical and junky and gorgeous and raw. It's just, in the views, you can't beat it. You're one of those advanced mountain bikers, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're we're one of those, two of Yeah, us. we're one of those intermediate mountain bikers. Yeah, and I spent a lot of my time prior to the brewery um, being involved in the trail building and design here. I was the president of the local one of the local clubs for a while. Okay. And um, we, did, we do, I still do a lot of trail advocacy. We designed and built a lot of some of these trails. Heavily, heavily involved in Sweetwater, Star Pass. Uh, personally, helped lay out some stuff on Mount Lemon. There's a few others, but you know those are some things. So it's, it's been it's been a cool ride. Northern Arizona here is also extremely amazing for riding. Um, so like around Sedona. Um, Sedona's Sedona's like Sedona's like Moab. Red yeah. Rock, just beautiful. It is the trails beautiful are incredible. Um, Blackstaff is. Is extremely pretty with the you know pine trees and the soft trails and Prescott's got some incredible trails 
there's, there's a lot up there. Yeah, I like. I you forgot. Those. We have written a few of those. I forgot <laughs> when I lived here like years ago as a teenager. You don't think about much like that, and I had no interest in mountain biking then. But I yeah. forgot how absolutely stunning Arizona is. So many people think it's just a stark, flat desert. Oh no, yeah. it's just not. Yeah, no, it's you know what is it? Widest range of animal and plant life in the country. You know, because we have pines all the way down to sand dunes. Nobody else has that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> pretty neat. Pretty neat place. Great. <clears throat> so yeah. So you mentioned a day job. You mentioned your wife um, also works as a teacher. What? In, sorry, excuse me, but what in the hell made you decide to? I mean, I know your passion for the biking and the brewing, but like, what in the hell made you decide to open a brewery as you're still working like <laughs> jobs? <laughs> Something different, fun, unique. Like I said, you know, when the idea first came up, it was, well, there's only three breweries in town. There need to be more breweries. Wow. And then you hear this, you heard back then, you're hearing stories of all these places that were just exploding, you know. Some of the big names today weren't big names then. They were growing names. And you're like, oh, we could do that. <coughs> but, you know, those guys had much bigger operations and money behind them. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. i have been in my career at the time for quite a while. Can I ask what your career in day job is? That's a, that's a long conversation. <laughs> it was different back then than it is now. What I was doing then, it was eventually over time, a 30 year career involving designing, building, and selling machines that process mail. Okay. M-A-I-L. So anything you get out of your mailbox goes through machines and it's all high tech. There's very little low tech when it comes to mail. Nobody really realizes that. <clears throat> but as anybody would say, mail is a declining industry, has been for two decades. So it's declining slowly, not like everybody thought it would be a drop off a cliff. <clears throat> so I was a direct manufacturer for a factory here that then got bought and shut down. So then I was living, working out of my home, doing configuration, cell support, installation, industrial engineering, whatever it took to help get those systems designed and installed. I knew it was declining and it was cool, whatever, I had time working from home. Well, yeah, let's do this. So, do I regret that? Yeah, it was a lot, pretty much monthly. <laughs> and I got to pay the rent. You know, it's a big, it was a big task to take yeah. on, bigger than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a full business. It's, I mean, sounds like open a brewery, have fun, make beer, hang with your friends, ride your bikes and come in. And it is probably still all those things, but it's still a business at the end of the day that you, you're responsible for all of the employees you have and, and, and all the stuff that comes along with a business. So. But to be honest with you, I thought I'd be, I, I, knew, I was always the one that said, this is, a, this is more work than everybody's making it sound like. But I thought I'd have a group of people. And basically right. it's me. Mm. And um, then my wife, <clears throat> um, during this period of time, there was a period of time where it got to be too much and I just was like, I can't keep doing this. My wife being a teacher took a year off, made her the general manager, and she ran the place for a year and got a lot of things laid out and set up. And then um, then her job said, hey, we need you back because our other teachers are leaving. <laughs> so they gave her this big bonus. So she went back. Wait, so she came back during COVID? It was during COVID that okay, they- Okay, she's great. <laughs> yeah, it was during, well, during COVID, all these other teachers were leaving. Yeah. And they called her and said, we need you. Wow. Big bonus, come on. And she looked at me, she goes, yeah, you, we're squared away now. Yeah. You know, I'll, I can, we got a good staff. We don't need to be here as much. Go for it. 
it's so it's it's a struggle and being a brewery in the first place is a hard business so how has have you had like a major impact from that oh absolutely you know when they first told everybody they had to close we closed for one weekend and then we went to, to Google here <coughs> where a lot of places stay close mm -hmm. and then once they said all right you can act like a restaurant if you have food and you can open with limited capacity blah 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 but we have our own food truck which we bought because managing food trucks is a lot of work and but the food truck helped us a lot and the food is amazing people come here just for that too taco tuesday some of the best tacos snorn dogs on sunday some of the best snorn dogs but because of that also we were able to reopen once the uh, local authorities right. said if you have food you can open so we opened up immediately we've been open longer more hours than most places around here so that's what's been helping us and we've been doing every event we can you know safe trivia safe you know musician over here in the corner whatever we can do to make, make people want to come but it's, it's absolutely a struggle there's still lower numbers than you know people i mean people just get nervous they don't want to come out all my bartenders are still volunteers they still work for tips plus if you know we help out it we, we do a little little give them a we give them some money if they don't make enough and that's like a contractor 1099 okay um same thing with my brewers like so to make it i got to cut everything i can and if I have employees, there's taxes and fees, and they can't. So I cut everything I could. But here's the here's what I'm leading up to. One of the things we're proud of, and, I, and it, it works. It kind of it kind of spills over to to our customers. There's several customers here today that are our regulars. Our regulars are the ones that keep us going. All our staff, they've all found me. Not one of them is someone we went out and hired. They came here. They hung out. They liked it. We started to get to know them. We saw their personality was big. We asked them if they wanted to help. They, they helped. So every single one of our bartenders and, and brewers found us. And they love being here. They love working with the people. Everybody's happy with them. No complaints ever. It's a nice environment. So am I correct in hearing that you said your bartenders are all like on a volunteer basis via tips and then you bump them up based off of what they didn't make via tips? Right. And then your brewer is kind of that too, not on tips. We, we, we pay them as a contractor, an hourly rate. Okay. okay. So they all get 1099s, which is cheaper for me because I don't right. pay payroll taxes. Right. But they love being here. My point is, they right. all found us. They all said, we love this yeah. place. Can we work here, please? And then, you know, I get that a lot. But if I find out your, but if I find your personality is big and, you know, people mm -hmm. want to be around you. No, I want you to be here. Well, when we first showed up here just off of the whim, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> we enjoyed talking to everybody that was here. Yeah. We talked to Kristen, Andy, and Ozzy. They were all great. Yeah, no, <laughs> they all love being here, and that's what we want. Because yeah. otherwise, you know, if you pay somebody to be here and they're kind of grumpy about it, that's not going to work. You know. So it feels like you're set to, like, maybe once this we finally get past this crap, it feels like you're set to really explode with the crew you have. Because... That's our plan. That's our hope. You they know. seem so passionate. I, I have a question because so you work full time at a day job. <coughs> you own a brewery that you want to expand upon. It. You have a family. Okay. When do you find time to mountain bike? So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, the whole family thing is huge because the full time job you're, you're tied to that. You can't do much about it if you have one. You know, you got to be here between this time and this yeah. time and. You know, and then the brewery, 
we again I, we've done a lot of work in the last year to make sure we don't have to be here yeah. all the time that was what saved a lot for That's us a key component for you. sure and then um, the family piece absolutely has suffered 100 percent you know when we first started this our kids were you know 10 and 9 and 13 now they're 13 and 16 and 18 and that during that period of time tons of weekends tons of nights that we didn't get to do things that we would have normally done previous so it absolutely has been the biggest impact and fallout from from my perspective you know but tried really hard to keep them involved my son when he was little helped me pick this facility you know i took him everywhere everywhere i went i'd take him and he'd be like oh yeah we could do this and this you know he was like like i said 10. that's awesome i made a big office and i put a couch tv fridge microwave I call it the employee lounge, but really that's where our kids hang out. Got a little Xbox, they turn it on, they microwave some stuff. Got all, we always have snacks or like, and my son invites his friends. And so they'll sit in there and play Xbox, and then once it gets late and the crowd leaves, they get in here and start playing pinball. Oh, yeah. And I was just going to say, that's why you have pinball machines. Yeah. Because <laughs> your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll close. And, and you have a ton of pinball. Yeah, so my son will be like, can my friends hang out? So they'll hang out till like, like two in the morning <laughs> and play games all night long. Oh and yeah, my my kid, my son's like a hero now because his oh, friends yeah. are all like, hey, "Your dad you is know? so cool." <laughs> so always keep them in mind. Always try to make sure, you know, that the memories for them aren't going to be the brewery took my dad, but instead the brewery made gave us a place that that will have these fun things to remember. So about biking. So biking falls to the very bottom because that's that's me. There's work, there's here, there's the kids. So yes, part of the feel bads is looking at, you know, looking and watching my friends post about their amazing trip to Sedona for the weekend. I'm like, yep, couldn't do it. You know, and my friend's going, hey, we just rode Sweetwater, which is right up the road. I'm like, you didn't tell me. And then he goes, because you can never go, so we quit inviting you. Aww. I'm like, ah. So yes, the writing went from three to t- three to four times a week to twice a month, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just it. This, that's all there is to it can't do anything about it. Yeah, so that's suffered absolutely, for sure. And then you build it into the business model where it's part of work. <laughs> but That was the intent. <laughs> my, my partner in the beginning was like, yeah, we're gonna shut down for a week and go to this. And I go, dude, a week costs us that many thousands of dollars, so that's not happening. But can we go, maybe, you know? Right. Right. But so. I see it, I don't know, you have a passion for it, it's in your business, so I mm-hmm. see it coming back. You know what's getting you back? Is my 15-year-old son rides better than 90% of my friends. There you go. He's amazing. <laughs> he, we go do some of these big tech trails, and I'm look, I'm riding, look back, and he's right there behind me. He can out jump me, most of my friends. He's fast. He's faster than I am now. And we, I just upgraded both of our bikes to some Rocky Mountain Slayer, six, beautiful six-inch floaty bikes that can handle anything. And we're doing some big stuff, and he's excited about it. So I'm taking him on rides that two years ago I don't, I would have never imagined he could do. So that's what's get, that's absolutely what's doing yeah. it for me. Yeah. So I got my riding, I got a riding buddy now. Exactly. Time. That's pretty cool. Exactly. So 
and eventually family time and Viking time and beer time can all come <laughs> yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, and by then I'll have, you know, a car and girls and maybe I won't see them at all, you know. Yeah. Maybe. They'll come back around. Maybe. <laughs> but beer, beer is quite an alluring right. drink. <laughs> anyway, so no, long answer again. No, I love it. No, that's great. Was there anything else you wanted to add to anything? Or? I really appreciate when folks come through here and they're really into the beer. We can talk. They're really into the bikes. But when they're from somewhere else and they're excited about stuff, it brings, reminds me about a lot of the things that we did from the beginning, why we did this, why we keep doing this. So I enjoy and appreciate the time, you know, that you guys take. Because there's been a, a few groups of folks that come through and they do the blogs or they do the different um, publications. And I appreciate that, you know, and let me talk too much. Because it does, it does remind me of those things. And that's, this is our brewery. <laughs> this is a I know, this mountain is a biking brewery. beer. <coughs> yeah. Wait, really good the- beer, really good mountain biking, just yeah. fun. It all ties together. And I wish I could write with you guys. And you get a shower. <laughs> or wait until you come back. No, you, you would leave us. We would be you, you, trying could, to... you could probably ride whatever we're riding right now. No, you could totally <laughs> ride whatever we're riding. When I first started, I knew everybody that rode. Now there's too many. You know, yeah. so it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. Yeah. And you have so many trails around here. It's incredible. And everything from the easiest, just ride around nice sandy stuff. Just watch out for the cactus. <laughs> <laughs> You learn, you learn how to twist your body to avoid the cactus. Oh my yeah. gosh. Back, yeah. If you That's ride elsewhere, everybody that rides elsewhere is used to brushing the trees and the bushes. Yeah. And they yeah. don't understand, don't do that. And they Not always hear the cactus. <laughs> I did it once. I twisted to like avoid that cactus and forgot about that one and got like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, you have to. It's, it's, it's required to make you ride here to get some cactus in you. It's a rider pass. Yes. Right? <laughs> it is. I mean, um, yeah. Okay, so we have to do cheers. Beer, Beers biking. and bikes. Beers, bikes, bikes beers. friends. Bikes, beers, and good bikes friends. That is exactly why I wanted to mention that article at the end. Remember in the earlier part when I said, wait, I was supposed to do that at the end because it matched perfectly with the cheers. Beers, well, yeah. bikes, and friends. So, yeah. Um, so we can mention it again. Let it's me okay because s- everybody just listened to the podcast and they forgot all about the article. So now we got to remind them. Sweet. Livingestatlife.com, um, craft beer and mountain biking pairing 101. It will tell you all about those things. Um, we're excited. About biking and beer, how to pair them up and safely, responsibly to and Camp Carpe most Diem. degrees. And Camp Carpadia, where you're going to go have some fun with us in your A this fall. Yeah. So, but um, Brian was awesome. I was also going to say something else about something. I don't remember what I was going to say. Cactus? No, we already mentioned the cactus, too. Bikes? We mentioned bikes, too. Beer? Beer, too. I think we covered it all. What else can we do? It's called the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. Podcast. Go to Catalina Brewing Company. It's really cool. Um, it's, yeah. It's, I don't know, from the flights to the people to the pinball machines <laughs> to the and, patios. And if you're biking, make sure you ride your bike in and you get, uh, I think they, they said a dollar off your first pint. Yeah. And if you don't like trust your bike thing outside, you can bring it inside and start. You can bring it inside. And if you're sweaty from riding... You can take a shower while you're there and get cleaned up. It's perfect. <laughs> so if you're full-time camping, like you like to boondock a lot like us, go ride your bike, get all sweaty, then drive close to Catalina Brewing and then ride your bike up to the brewery and then go inside and take a shower and I so you can sleep. save water in your rig. Shh, don't know how much they want that Shh, publicized to everybody Shh. that there's a shower in there that they could use. Well, nobody seemed to make a big secret of it Shh, to me. Don't tell anybody. Just asking. 
Just yeah. tell your good friends. Just okay. your good friends. All right, anyhow, we're that's just being why goofy. that's why we're telling you because you're our good friends. Only tell your good friends. Or just being goofy. Yeah. All right. And with that, uh, if you like the podcast, please make sure you leave a review. You subscribe. You share it with friends. And I have to get my beer. Wait, wait. Because you have beer in a glass and I have beer in a can. Kenny's yeah. looking at me funny for some reason. Um. It's it just very simple. Cheers to bikes, brews, and buddies. It's the same thing that we cheered with with Brian, and it just is perfect every time. Cheers. And campfires, and Tucson, and warm weather. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that was weak. Cheers. That was okay. Uh, oh, well. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> that was very funny. We better go before yeah. we ruin the spur there. Peace out. This episode is sponsored by Camp Carpe Diem, the coolest adult camp ever, where you'll come to explore your interests, find your tribe, all at Ure, Colorado, October 2021. For all the information and to come hang out with us, go to campcarpediem.com. That's C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M.com. We're going to get giddy in October. <laughs>